Hey, I'm Janelle. And I'm Amber. Collectively, we are Brown Girl Alchemy. A mother-daughter unit using our personal journey and growth within our blackness, womanhood, and lives in general to motivate, activate, revolutionize, inspire, uplift, and heal. We hope to navigate through the seasons with you as we alchemize authentically into the best versions of ourselves. We are our sister's keepers, and this is Brown Girl Alchemizing. Hey, y'all. Hey, beautiful brown girls. Ooh, we're back. Damn. Oh, my God. It's been forever. So we have a lot of things to share. So much to catch up on. Yeah, we've been MIA, but we're going to explain all of that to you. And this episode is going to be so meaty because we're not really sure at what point we're going to be able to get back into the flow of things. But this is such a special treat, right, Am? Yes, it's going to be amazing. Um, it's really cool because we posted that this will be like our Q&A, uh-huh. which we've never done before. No. Um, usually when we record these episodes, it's kind of like us having a dialogue and then just leaving it up to everyone else to to continue the dialogue. But this is fun because we're sharing a dialogue between our community members and it's just excited to interact and see what you guys want us to chat about anyways. Like, what's the tea? And we got such amazing feedback. And my goal during this episode, Am, is to not cry. I'm going to try not to cry. But um, we, we've had so many, you know, life changes. Right. And as usual, we are going to share our experience, um how we've responded to these changes and hopefully the things that we've gone through will help you also because that's always our purpose in sharing these things so let's get started so our first question is how are we after this sabbatical even though i feel like the sabbatical is still (laughs) i feel like it's still still in effect yeah well okay so people that follow our personal pages would know like a major life change for you. Mm-hmm. But if you're just following Brown Girl Alchemy, then you probably wouldn't know. So what's going on? Like I'm having a baby. Yes. <laughs> I'm li- it's hilarious because we've been trying to record this episode for weeks and I'm literally five days before my due date. So let's help. Yeah, I had to really, listen, ladies, I had to really get on her like, okay, come on, we got to make this happen because once this baby comes, we don't know when we're going to have another opportunity to do this. Yes. And we really wanted to do something for you. But um, so, I mean, you're nine months pregnant. You're about to be a mother. I'm about to be a grandmother. So the dynamics in our relationship are shifting a bit. Yeah. At first, I thought it was like more of a complete change, but I think it's just an evolution. I think that um, the beauty of Brown Girl Alchemy and what people love the most and what people can relate to is the dynamic, the mother and daughter dynamic. Mm -hmm. And also, like, you share a completely different perspective for for the women who aren't mothers right. and how they can interact with their moms. Because it's still it's still different if you've never been a mother before. Absolutely. So I think now um, there's 
a certain level of relation Mm -hmm. that's blossoming on my end of the spectrum that I'm really excited about because (laughs) my mom is always like, you don't know until you're a mother. You don't know until you're a mother. And now it's like, well, I'm about to see what's good. Yeah. Sidebar, (laughs) Amber is uh, spoiled rotten. Yeah. Um, The whole 26, almost 27 years of her life, um, so this will be interesting how she transmutes into this new role and hopefully, not hopefully, I'm certain that she will gain a new level of respect for mama. Absolutely. And um, my journey as a young mother and right. to this person that I am today, I think that she will completely understand things in, in a different perspective. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to watching her blossom into to the motherhood role and i'm looking forward to sharing those experiences with you guys too yeah because a lot of my um a lot of like our community members are kind of getting to that point where even in the last episode it's so funny because i was pregnant in that episode when we talked about motherhood for mother's day yeah but i didn't want to we didn't want to like announce anything um, but like, you know, we're getting to the point where we're thinking about starting our families and starting our family. So it's, it's going to be a cool dynamic, sharing the process, sharing the changes, mm-hmm. sharing, uh, what I love, sharing what is not so cool about right. it and, you know, growing and glowing with you guys. Right. So I'm really excited. Yeah. So really that's, excited. that was your life change. Yeah. And also like a part of that too was us not living together anymore. Oh my God. Yeah. It was like, there was so many changes within like a three, four month period that, um, for me, I'm a Scorpio sun and an Aquarius moon. So I'm fixed. I change is very, very difficult for me. Um, and I have attachment issues. So, you know, I find out, well, as we said before, she lost her dad, I lost my first husband, and then I find out she's pregnant. This was all within a month. Yeah, and you know, I found out she's pregnant and she's moving out all in the same day. Yeah. So I just was like, oh my God, what? what's going on yeah you know I had a, I had a difficult time with that it didn't take me long one with with me the key to um getting through change is acceptance like you can't fight it <laughs> things are inevitable well yeah you have so to surrender you have to surrender and that's what I did I surrendered to um the change and surrendered to the joy that would come from this change because I felt at this point in her life, like her moving out and starting her her own family was an amazing thing for both of us too. I think it was um, good for our relationship because two grown women living in the same house can be very challenging. Yeah. (laughs) So um, it was a good thing, but I have to say the the pregnancy announcement was a it was a little shocking. <laughs> it was shocking for me too, y'all. <laughs> and um, I had had a you know a couple of conversations with the besties and a couple of cries, and then I was like, whoa, I'm about to be the flyest, sexiest, dopest <laughs> grandmother in the universe. So 
you know, I just put my little spin on it. And like I said, acceptance is the key for me embracing change. And I accepted it. So that was, you know, a major event. Yeah. And then I had another. And was, yeah. And that was difficult for me, too. Yeah. Like, within the span of two months, when you lose your dad, you find out you're pregnant. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then... You live with your mom for 26 years and yeah and then that is like a change yeah it, it, things felt unstable for a minute yeah and it was just a really um emotional a really emotional adjustment dealing with that and also i think like being pregnant like your hormones are already off the roof but also when you're mourning like i feel like i didn't even have a chance to even mourn my dad right well, I did. I did throughout my pregnancy, and I still am. Yeah. But it's kind of like a bittersweet thing because you're excited because of this new, new life and the new change, but you're also sad because... Your voice is cracking. Yeah. I don't want to cry today. Yeah, no. But you're also sad because it's just like when you have envisioned it happening, it's just the picture that you had is just not the picture that, you know, that yeah. is... Yeah. So. And then you're, and then you had your own changes as well. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> so. This is. We promise. Like we're getting through these. Uh, this is just like the beginning of the new year, and it was a lot of change. But we promise this is not going to be a depressing episode. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um. So my big change is that I. Um, separated from my husband. This is a permanent separation that will lead to divorce at some point. I'm just not ready to actually go down that road yet because I'm still processing my emotions. Right. Um, it was traumatic to me um, to be truthful. I've been unhappy for quite some time and as I said, I have attachment issues. Mm -hmm. So I was very attached to what I desired my family life to be, what I desired my life with my husband to be. But in reality, I was not happy. Mm -hmm. um, I was very unhappy. My needs were not being met and I wasn't serving myself. I felt undervalued, underappreciated, and mistreated. Right. And um, it's probably one of the most difficult decisions that I've ever made because I was determined after raising you, after divorcing your dad and raising you as a single mom, I was really determined that I would not do this a second time around, even so much so that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna rock out until you know my son goes to college. But what was happening is, I'm not gonna cry. It's okay. It's okay. I felt my spirit slowly diminishing. Yeah. I felt my joy diminishing and 
once your father passed away, it was almost like a light bulb went off mm -hmm. and him and I had conversations, plenty of heart-to-heart -heart talks. And I just would hear his voice and just sit in the bed and cry and think about things. And I just said, I can't do this. Right. I can't live my life like this. Right. I cannot be that person at 80 years old that does a rewind of their life. And it's like, I've never been happy. And I look at my mom and I've never seen her happy. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, as you know, cause we've had conversations, I feel like the attachment definitely kept me in this situation, mm -hmm. but I also feel like there were lessons that I still had to learn. Absolutely. And I will tell you this, replay all of those episodes that Amber and I have done because everything that we tell you is truth. Spirit told me it was time to go. Yeah. And I kept telling you that. Yeah. And I was, I couldn't, I was like, how am I going to do this? Like, yeah, you how didn't am know, I going to wrap this she up? She didn't know how she was going to do it, but she knew that she needed yes, to. Yes. I knew that it was time. It was like, this is dead. Yeah. There's nothing left for you to learn from this. You've learned your lessons. You've paid your karmic debt. He has served his role in your life. He served his purpose. Yeah. And what you're doing now is blocking your blessings by staying in this. Right. And I think dad transitioning also him being on the other side of things. He sped this gave up. you the strength. Yeah. And gave you the the confidence or yeah. the push that you needed to choose yeah. yourself in this situation. Yeah. And that's exactly what I had to do because I feel like I was kind of sacrificing my joy so that I could keep Shane happy. Right. And I said, I have to choose myself now. Yeah. Like I deserve this. Absolutely. And I can't preach these things if I'm not living in my 100% truth. Right. So. And that's also, just a side note, that's also partially why um, as far as like our episodes are concerned, as far as us sharing things with you guys, we aren't too quick to hop on the mic and talk about it because we're still processing it ourselves. Absolutely. And like you said, we want to be as authentic as possible and as truthful and transparent as possible. So if we're still feeling unsure about mm -hmm. the decisions that we're about to make or how we're feeling, then there's no point in sharing it with you guys until we fully processed it and accepted it ourselves. Right. So let me wrap up this this how I'm feeling about this separation right now. Mm -hmm. There's so many emotions that I'm going through. Mm -hmm. I would say the most intense emotion is pain because I know that he was a soulmate. Right. We were together for 15 years, married for 13. We have a 12-year-old son. Um, it wasn't a good marriage, mm -hmm. and that's the truth. Yeah. Um, but he was my teacher and I know that he was placed in my life for that. So 
I go in between, and this is the truth, being angry at him for treating me a certain way or for not or for not treating you for a not treating way. me a certain way or for not being the husband that I believe that he could be. Mm-hmm. But in that same note, I accept that this was the role that he was supposed to play in my life. Right. And when you're on a spiritual journey, that is the difficult part because you always have to go to that point despite how someone treats you, despite how hurt you are, despite the pain you're experiencing, you have to remember that we signed up for these things. So regardless of how painful this experience was, I signed up for it and he signed up for it to be my teacher. And he taught me a ton of things. So as angry and as hurt and as upset as I am, I'm so grateful because there would be no brown girl alchemy if it wasn't for those experiences because I wouldn't be this person right now. Absolutely. So what's going on now? I, what, when did it happen? Maybe June? Mm-hmm. I still cry every night. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of crying, I have really, really good days. And then I have really, really bad days. But what I'm learning and not what I'm learning, because I've known this, and this is why I've avoided this. I sit in my pain. And I think I avoided doing this for so long because I didn't, didn't want to experience that pain. Mm-hmm. I knew what it was because I experienced it once before. So I did everything in my power to not sit in that pain again. But even if it meant being uncomfortable or my knees not being met, it still was better than sitting in this pain. And it's funny because it's like, we know that pain, we talk about alchemy and we know that pain can be transmuted. Yes. But real talk, we don't want to deal with that. Nobody wants to sit in that. No one wants to deal with that. No one wants to sit in that. The painful, the the pain is, the emotions are so strong that I feel it physically. This isn't a physical thing. This is my heart. My heart is broken. My spirit is broken. But I feel it physically. Mm -hmm. But... I know that exactly what you said, this pain is transmuting because something is coming, Amber. Mm-hmm. Something is coming. And something is coming because I did the work. Yeah, and you've been doing the and work. And I've been doing the work. And this was kind of my last step in this journey. Mm-hmm. Like, let me see how much you've learned. Let me see how much you really love yourself. Right. And I did it. Yeah, and spirit will return that same and energy right it's back coming. to you. It is coming. Oh, so I'm, I'm between crying and, and excitement. excitement. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh my God, something is. I don't know what it is. You just feel it. I don't know who it is. I don't know what form is coming in. Mm-hmm. But I know that spirit is rewarding me, and I'm so excited. Aside from Ezra, because that's the greatest gift of all right, right. now. But there's something coming from me. Mm-hmm. So, oof, oof, right? Yes. Okay. So let's take a little deep breath before we get into the fun stuff. Okay. So someone asked us any changes or updates besides pregnancy. Well, well, there you, <laughs> there you have, there it, you girl. have it. Okay. Next question. So someone asked me, how do you handle pregnancy and spirituality? Okay. 
I'm really I was actually really excited to receive this question because it's um it's been it was heavy on my spirit, especially like the first two trimesters. Um, I think the timing of my pregnancy in itself is a spiritual experience. Mm. So that's how I've um, that's how I've taken this whole journey, like these whole because technically what ten months. Mm-hmm. This is how I've uh, this is how I've walked through these past ten months as it being a spiritual experience. Can I pause you on that? Yeah, one second. I love that you said that, and I'm going to tell you why. And this is going to be a perspective from my generation. Mm -hmm. Pregnancy is life-changing, and it is a spiritual experience. And it is the closest that a woman will ever come to death. Mm -hmm. And I love that you said that because even at a young age, I recognized the gift of life and... I don't think a lot of women today understand what a gift it is to give a man a child. So, man, woman, whoever, whatever your partner. Yes, giving a person a child, carrying a life in your body is grace. Mm -hmm. And not everyone deserves to share that with you. Mm -hmm. So... I'm sorry, I had to interrupt. She's going you, old school no, on us. It's not. No, I'm it's just not, messing with I you. I know. I'm an old soul. I yeah. always felt like this. Yeah. I'm like, I, you just can't go around having children with everyone. Not right. everyone deserves that to share that that gift of life with you. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I had to preach for a second. <laughs> um. I don't even remember where I was going. Oh, okay. So it was a it's a spiritual experience. And I say that of course because pregnancy within itself and having life grow inside of you is just it's incredible. But also, like I said, with the timing of my father's transitioning and there were just so many like crazy synchronicities. Like y'all know I'm into divination and I do my readings. So when I found out that I was actually not even when I found out that I was pregnant. It was like months before I found out that I was pregnant and even before my dad passed, it was talking about like ancestral blessings and an ancestor coming back and all of these different things. And then I got that confirmation again um, after I was pregnant that this is basically my dad's first ancestral gift. Mm. And knowing, having that sense of knowing has... um, provided me with a lot of courage it's provided me with a lot of strength and peace too Mm. because it's really difficult like the physical aspect of it is of course just difficult but it's also really beautiful because you learn to appreciate your body Mm. a lot more yeah and now that I'm pregnant I just want to honor my body in a better way um after he's here and just treat it better because it's a vessel yeah it's really a vessel and you kind of take it for granted like my pelvic bones are hurting (laughs) like things that never hurt before it's just like you I think pregnancy is just awareness oh I love that yeah it it stimulates awareness in all um aspects So going to the aspect of like spirituality and my rituals and practices and all of that, I, prior to me being pregnant, 
and like working from home and staying home, I had my own routine. Like my morning routine, my morning rituals, I have my tea, I do my readings, I do this, this and that. Certain days of the week I do this, this and that. But then when you're pregnant, your energy, you like I'm literally almost out of breath talking right now. Yeah. <laughs> you have like, um, I mean women go through, we all experience different things when we're pregnant and we all have different circumstances. I was able to be home, but just really, really exhausted mm-hmm. and really, really tired. And I felt guilty for not being able to go to my like altar room or my little sacred space and feed my ancestors regularly like I used to mm-hmm. or pray to my higher self like I used to. But then I remembered like, and I was also reminded that that space is for me, but I could do all of that from bed. Right. <laughs> like I don't need to. I don't need to be at my altar to to, to pray or to communicate with my ancestors. It makes me feel good because that space has been consecrated with love and it's been consecrated with their energy. But um, just keeping I, the connection is yeah, probably the most important thing. Yeah, that was the most important thing to me. Excuse me, and I had to realize that I could still keep that connection um, aside from visiting my sacred spaces and also realizing that uh, I am the sacred space. Hello? (laughs) And it took a while to realize that because I was really beating myself up about it and feeling really guilty for not honoring my practices. But also, I was honoring myself by saying, you know what, I'm really tired today and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't feel like it. And that's okay. And that's absolutely okay. Yeah. Okay. So I hope that answered the question. It was pretty thorough. <laughs> this one is so easy. Right. I feel like we talk about this all the time. And we'll, we we'll have a project, again. too. How do we communicate with ancestors and spirit guides? It's so easy. There, there's no one answer to this. The one thing that I think Amber would both agree upon is all you have to know, all you have to do is open the line of communication, open your heart, open your spirit, let them know that you want to communicate and that's all you need to do. How do you let them know? Talk to them. Speak out loud. Speak out loud. We talked about the building. Yeah. Building the altar doesn't have to be a certain size. You know, there's no criteria for it. It's just a sacred space that gives you, that puts you in the space to communicate with your guides and your ancestors. There's no specific thing that you have to do other than be open. Because once they realize that the lines of communication are open, the gates, that's it. That's all that, that's all that is needed. Am mm. I right? Yeah. It's just, it's really as simple as that. Yeah. And and be ready. <laughs> yeah, because they might have already started to yeah. uh, pay attention. tap on you. <laughs> pay attention to signs and synchronicities. Like, it sounds cliche, it sounds generic, but it's true. Like, you know, they communicate through different things. I find feathers. Pay attention to the number synchronicities. Pay attention to your dreams. Just pay attention to and write everything. Things, and write things down. Absolutely. Okay. Um, this is an interesting question. How can we better understand the plants and animals that talk to us? So I feel like that's more of like a green witch 
think. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think you're a hundred percent right, but I think we can answer this, and you know yeah. why? Because of our little lizard we have here, <laughs> and how this lizard has yes, changed Mars. Us. Who knew we would have yeah, a lizard? Yeah, we have a bearded dragon via Shane. You know, <laughs> my sister bought Shane a bearded dragon, and it's a reptile, and it eats crickets and roaches, and it sheds its skin, and it's like that could be the furthest thing from. <laughs> Anyone that knows me is like, I cannot even believe that you have that thing in your house. Mm -hmm. But we got it as a baby and we are in love with this little creature. And I think that's the key word, love. Yes. Like plants and animals, their energy, they're, they have spirits, they have souls, mm -hmm. right? So just love. And also I think gratitude as well, especially with plants and animals. The because ones they that all play a, a part in the circle of life. Exactly. Um, as far as plants and herbs are concerned, you're a certified herbalist. Yes. It's honoring what the plant's purpose is mm -hmm. and thanking them for their sacrifice, thanking them for their services. Yeah. And that's really, really important too. It is important. And it's things that we take for granted and, you know... Uh, you can honor them just when you walk outside. Take, we're, we're always so focused on doing something that we're never in the moment. Yes. Like sometimes instead of just jumping in your car and you're on autopilot to get to work because you have to be up there at a certain time, look up at the sky and see that sun that gives you life because without the sun, we wouldn't survive, we wouldn't be here. Look at the trees. Watch them blossom in the spring. Mm -hmm. Watch the flowers grow in the summer. Go ground yourself falls, in the grass. Watch the leaves fall in the fall. And watch the bareness of the trees and the winter, the seasons. And think about the cycles. Think about, that's just grace. That is, that's love. Yes. And that's being present. Yeah. Next question. How does ATR, African traditional religion, influence and affect our spiritual practices? Um, are there any indigenous or spiritual practices we're influenced by? Oh, they. This is they, what we this do. This is what we do. We live this life. <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> we live this life. We're heavily life. influenced by Ifa. We're influenced by Huru. Absolutely. This is this is our lives. Like. Um, we've told stories about, you know, my grandfather's grandfather who was a voodoo priest and, um, you know, my, my father's family is from Georgia, my mm -hmm. mother's family is from South, South Carolina. Carolina, and, you know, there's a rich tradition of hoodoo and voodoo mm -hmm. and all of that in between, and... It was never spoken of because my family is, they were traditionally Christian, yeah. but clearly it was in my blood because yeah. I've been about that life since I was a little girl. Uh -huh. And I can't say it came from anyone's, anyone's influence. Yeah. It just was spirit. Yep. So this is how you grew up because, you know, yeah, this is what you saw. It's interesting every time I think about that because I remember like when when I was first getting into my own spiritual practices, I used to get annoyed that I had to do like my own research. And I was like, damn, people have grandmothers who taught them these things and mm -hmm. were medicine women and herbalists and all these things. And I'm like, why couldn't my grandmothers put me on or why did they blah, blah, blah. 
but it's exciting because my because you started this new not new tradition but yeah yeah you're the catalyst yeah you're the catalyst in reowning and um reclaiming reclaiming yes absolutely um those traditions yeah it's in my blood it's in my veins it's it's just a part of me and i accept it and it's exciting to be in a space that I'm comfortable enough to accept it because there's stigmas attached to it. Mm-hmm. But um, I love this melanin and I love everything that comes with it. Ashe, <laughs> this is funny. How is it working together? Do you always see eye to eye? Nope. If not, <laughs> how do you, period. If not, how do you learn from those experiences? Amber and I are amazing communicators. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I've been forced to be a great communicator yeah. by having my mom be my mom. Yeah. I'm I'm all about expressing myself. Yeah. And I think it was because I was very I had a stifled voice as a child. Yeah, I feel like you were silenced. I was silenced. Um I used to just have to sit and take emotional, mental abuse. Verbal verbal abuse and um her dad actually is the person who helped me get my voice and once he helped me I know he was like damn what did I do yeah because (laughs) and then it trickled down to me and he was like damn you're a mini Nelly (laughs) so I just feel it's important and I you know teach my children my grown child and my other child like you know your voice is your weapon and communicating is so important in any relationship that you'll ever have in your life. It's important to express yourself, how you're feeling, and um, it's a powerful thing. Yeah, you know, just think about slaves. Just think about their inability to express anything. Mm-hmm. So best believe, Nelly is gonna tell you how I'm feeling, whether you like it or not. Right. Um. Do we get along all the time? No. No. This is a normal relationship. Yeah. But we're able to communicate how we feel. If if I hurt her feelings, she tells me. And she has that Sagittarius fire. And then I come back with my Scorpio stinger. And we may have to apologize with each other later, to each other later. But um, it always is a good ending with us because we love each other. And that love is unconditional. Right. So We always circle it back. We Absolutely. definitely don't see eye to eye. Um, I think also with Brown Girl Alchemy, the way that I approach it is like we're a mother and daughter duo, but uh, <laughs> she she like stays in mom mode. But when we're doing this together, I kind of get in pure mode, especially because we're co-working at mm-hmm. this point together. But I'll be like, and no, she we doesn't, not cares, baby. Yeah, and she doesn't like honor that. <laughs> So sometimes I have trouble with that because she... See, y'all? This is what I'm talking about. Now she's going to understand because (laughs) now she's going to be a mother. You cannot take yourself out of mother mode. It's impossible. Yeah. So I'm very happy that she will understand what I'm talking about. All right. Before we get Nelly back in her bag. Don't do it. What do you think would help us become unified as African-Americans, older generation versus new? Is that a fantasy? No. I don't know. Well, well, here's can I just say one thing? Yeah, of course. Um, 
the first thing that I thought when I saw this was respecting mm. each other's experiences. Yes. Yes. When you when you're living there's so many generations of trauma mm-hmm. and there's so many genera- and and just in general like each generation we experience different things. Mm-hmm. Racism is experienced on All multiple levels. levels. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I was thinking about um Oprah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about Oprah a lot when I saw this question because I love Oprah. But then also sometimes I feel like there's a disconnect with her as well mm-hmm. because I feel like she doesn't under understand our generation. For instance, like how she feels about the word nigga and like how women in that generation, how they feel about that. It's a little bit more of a soft spot for them because those were words. That's a word. That's a very specific word that was used so derogatory towards them repetitively. And I feel like around your generation and my generation, we reclaimed it and used it as a turn of endearment, mm-hmm. but they don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. That, and that's kind of off. And you have to respect that. Absolutely. But that's, and that's yeah, why I say and that's respect. that's why you said that. But that's like the one example that I was thinking about. And mm-hmm. that's just like only one level of how there's a, there can be a disconnect sometimes between older and younger generations. I think, okay. My perspective is the disconnect can be hypocrisy. Yes. And what I've learned is, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 48 years old or 48 years young, however you, your, whatever your perspective is. Mm -hmm. But what I've learned is the game doesn't change, just the players. Right. We experience the same things. Yeah. Just the players change. Yeah. And I think what happens is once you gain this wisdom, along with it comes hypocrisy because then you forget your steps to get to the point that you're at. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why our relationship has been so successful because I do not live in hypocrisy. Right. And that is the disconnect. Yeah. Right? Yep. Hypocrisy, respect, and also um, like lack of wanting to understand. Right. Like older gener an older generation, they because they may have certain experiences, they may be stuck in their own ways, mm-hmm. and and that's just what it is. Right. They're fixed in their experiences. Right. And not only is that is what it is, this is the right way to do it. Right. And this is the way that you experience right. it. Right. But and then you have to. Like I said, it's perspective because what I always try to do is put myself in someone's shoes. It's impossible, right? But you can think about it. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I know how my grandparents were, and they were very fixed, and they had. I dealt with colorism, but I'm fair skinned, mm-hmm. so I didn't deal with colorism in that way. Mm-hmm. But I dealt with it in a way I understand, yes, there absolutely is colorism. My, my grandparents didn't want me to go out in the sun because mm-hmm. they didn't want me to, to get tan. They didn't want me to lose my light, mm-hmm. fair color because they grew up in the South. Mm-hmm. And some people will look at that and be like, that's ignorant and I don't get, no, you have to understand that my grandfather used to have to hide in the closet from the KKK who would come knocking on his door. Yes. Okay, you have to understand that 
they when they were in South Carolina and in Georgia, the fair-skinned people got treated better. Right. So these are experiences that are embedded in their DNA, and it shapes and molds how they think, how they react, yeah. and that's why it's important to try to understand people and mm -hmm. their perspective. Why do they think the way they think? Why do they feel the way they feel? You, you're not just born with these ideas. Yeah. Your experiences shape you. Absolutely. So, is I mean, the question is, was, is it, is a, it fantasy? a fantasy? No, it's no. not a fantasy, but I think it, it takes a lot of work and people don't want to do the work. Right. Marriage, the divorce rate is what? 70%? I don't know. I made that number up, but I know it's higher <laughs> than 50. Right. But it's because people don't want to do the work. Right. You have people to be willing to do People don't want to do the work, work in anything. When things don't feel good, people tend to walk away instead of doing the work. Right. Ooh. That was good, girl. That was good. <laughs> okay. What do we have next, baby? How do I start to heal generational trauma? You start with yourself. You start with yourself. And I say that because I started with myself, right? And it's healing, it's healed me, it's healing you, and it's healing my grandson who's coming. Absolutely. But I couldn't do the work for my mom. My mom is gonna leave here with that trauma. Right. But hopefully I'm healing our DNA going forward. Absolutely. And hopefully I'm doing the work with my ancestors so that they're getting that healing too. I think also when you start with yourself, you're able to pinpoint where that trauma stems from. Mm -hmm. So if you're starting to if you're starting to realize the the aspects of yourself that are that feel abandoned, where does that stem from? Oh, okay, this stems from my mom or this stems from my dad and so on and so on. When they transition, that's something that you can work on because mm -hmm. their spirit will be a little bit more pure and they'll be a bit more understanding and right. you can heal it on from the other side. Right. Because right now they may not understand it or they may not be willing to heal it that way. Right. So healing backwards, I feel like is usually, like you said, it starts with yourself. If you're willing to have those conversations with your parents now, then mm -hmm. it's amazing. But sometimes it- Sometimes they're not it, open. Yeah, sometimes they're not open. Yeah. Sometimes you're not open, and I can tell you when you're trying to heal, because healing is probably um, number one on the list for self-care. Right. And it's amazing that we have so many young women that are in their you know late teens, 18, 19, 20, 21, listening to us, because ladies, like do this work now, and I promise you your life is gonna be amazing. Um, just do the work, like start off understanding that you're flawed and sit down with yourself and try to figure out what are my issues? Why am I picking the men that I'm picking? Why am I making the decisions that I'm making? And understand where this is coming from. The source is normally childhood. The source is normally one or two of your parents or both. Mm -hmm. And you know what? They're, they're not, you know, their trauma came from their parents and their trauma came from their parents. So that's why I say start with you because you might not be able to do the work for them, but do the work for yourself. 
so that you heal yourself. And then when you become a parent, you don't pass that trauma because trauma is passed through DNA. That has been proven. Period. But yeah. you can also change that. Absolutely. So start with yourself. Perfect. How do you identify toxicity in your life and how do you remove it? Well, I'll start with identifying it is noticing your triggers. Noticing what ticks you off. Um, why does it tick you off? Acknowledging how does it feel in your body? Um, and how do you remove it? It gets back, for me personally, energetic barriers. You want to expand on that? Yeah. For me, this is once again like a double-sided question because there are some things that are you're going to experience in your life that are toxic, but they're necessary for your journey. Mm -hmm. So um, triggers are actually a good thing because they help you identify the parts of yourself that you need to heal. Exactly. And also triggers can help you realize that maybe it's not even toxic. Maybe right. it's something within you. Right. Because we've also discussed so many times how um, things that trigger us can also be mirrors. Absolutely. So that can also be a it catalyst be a in, healing, in healing work. Yeah. Or someone can trigger you and they, not, they might not even be the catapult of the, the issue. Mm -hmm. Like they're triggering you because of something that happened to you in childhood. Right. Um, but in terms of toxicity, how do you, how do I identify with my spirit doesn't feel right. Right. Me either. You, like if you don't, and I don't know how to explain it. Well, what does it feel like when your spirit doesn't feel, if it, if you don't know what it feels like when your spirit doesn't feel right, then I don't know what to tell you. Then you need to then you need to meditate with your spirit yes. and be, and get to know yourself. <laughs> you need to go because... back and listen to all the episodes about this times. Yes. You just it doesn't this things that just won't sit right with your spirit. Yeah. That don't sit right with your soul. It doesn't feel right. It no. for some people it's a it's a tingling feeling. Yeah. It's a feeling it's in your gut. You just you just you make know. a nasty face yes. that you're just like, ugh, you're just ugh. And, why are we saying this? Because we all have intuition yeah. and we all know when something doesn't sit right with our spirit, even when we try to pretend. Because mm -hmm. I've been there, girl. Mm -hmm. I'll pretend in a minute. Mask on. I, yes. Mask on. Yes. I will convince myself. <laughs> Literally. That what I experienced wasn't what I experienced because I'm just not ready to not experience that anymore. Mm -hmm. So um, how do you rid yourself of toxicity? Well, you got to do the hard work. It's, it's, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy because you can love someone that's toxic. Absolutely. Right. And you might, uh, and you might be toxic. Hello? <laughs> You know, we I'm all sure have, I've been toxic we, at some points in my life. Oh, we all still have toxic Absol tendencies. Absolutely. That's, that's the dark and the light. Yeah, you that's your shadow self. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, okay, all joking aside, going back to being separated, my marriage was toxic. Mm -hmm. And it didn't sit right with my spirit for a really long time. But what started to happen was had been such a long period of time where I was not honoring myself that 
not only was it not sitting right with my spirit, it was starting to manifest physically, physically. where I was starting not to feel well. Right. And that's really why I was like, nope. <laughs> no, I am going to honor myself. I'm going to honor my spirit, my soul, my body, and remove myself from this situation. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have to do. And it was painful as hell. I told y'all I'm crying every night still. But you know what? I still have a sense of peace. And there's a joy that's looming over me. And I told you, Amber, that I saw someone who hadn't seen me in a few months. And she didn't know I was separate or anything. She was like, what's going on with you? Like, something is different. Like, your spirit, something, your face, something. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I don't know what it is. Something is different. And I told her I was separated. And she started crying. Mm. And she was like, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. Like, you know, I know how difficult that has to be. She said, but... I have to say this, now that you told me, she was like, you used to look so sad. And I would say, God, she's such a pretty girl. Why does she look so sad? Mm. So when shit don't sit right <laughs> with your spirit, it manifests in different ways. So the short of it is you will know. And how do you remove it? You just remove it. If it's a family member, I'm not going to say who, because I have, I have quite a few. Right. But it's hard to detach from family members, especially when they're close. So what you do is you limit the amount of time that you spend with them. Yeah, and that's you set why I boundaries. said energy. Yeah, energetic set, boundaries. Yep, you set boundaries. So, um, you know, you have to do what feels right for you mm -hmm. and to you. Mm -hmm. Right, Ambie? Absolutely. Okay. And emphasis on boundaries. Boundaries is a wall. It's not completely completely cutting someone out. Mm -mm. Boundaries is honoring that this is how much I can take. Setting a boundary is listen. Y'all know. Letting your friends know. Letting your family know. After 8 p.m., don't call me. Right. Don't text me. I have right. to go to work in the morning. This, this, and that. Right. It doesn't mean I don't F with you. Right. Because... The, what they can bring to you, what their spirit can bring to you can be a healing experience. And you don't want to shut that out for yourself. Absolutely. But you do have to honor yourself by setting energetic boundaries. Whoo. Okay, so we're on like the advice aspect of it. Because okay. we asked y'all, we told y'all to give us questions and y'all was just asking for advice. So let's get it popping. Okay. Um. Healing from toxic relationships, I feel like that also coincides with how do we identify toxicity. Yeah. Do you want to expand on that? Because I feel like you're a pro at that. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I don't want to be a pro at this, but I, I think I am. Um, this is a process that's, that's ongoing, clearly. Mm -hmm. And all I can say, rather reiterate, is that you really have to sit with your pain and address Okay, because relationships are two-sided. So what I do, and which, and this is how I, I've grown so much spiritually, it would have been very easy for me to sit and point the finger, which I did at one point, mm -hmm. and I was not growing mm -hmm. because I was like, he did this, he did this, he did this. But once I sat with myself and said, okay, what have you done? Why did you attract this energy? 
And what kind of changes can you make? Because you're not a victim in this. And that is definitely a tool that I use in, in healing. And what else, Anne? Healing is just like, it's a, it's a process. Because I think everyone wants to watch like a YouTube video that's 15 minutes and it's like a list of 10 things. You do these 10 things and you're gonna be over your boyfriend. Yeah, you're and not, it's like the, no, the genie. <laughs> no, let me just tell you something about love. Love and hate is the same emotion. It's just different ends of the spectrum. Um, it doesn't go away. Right. You, you think you don't love the person anymore because you're angry or you're hurt, but those are just <laughs> different parts of love. Mm-hmm. So understand the process, embrace the process, and just feel the feels until you get to the point where you have acceptance that this is what happened these are the lessons i learned for it i'm mm -hmm. grateful for the experience to have loved and i'm grateful for the lessons and i'm ready to move on to what the universe has for me yes another advice building self-esteem after a breakup i would a bad breakup not just a breakup a bad breakup i would say step number one is reclaiming your power back especially if you're in a relationship that's longer term. And it do actually doesn't even matter because damage can be done in two weeks. Yeah, love is love. <laughs> love is love. It doesn't really matter. But I say reclaiming your power back because being in a, a toxic relationship or a bad relationship can create illusions on how you feel about yourself. Mm -hmm. And you can create this narrative of yourself that was shaped on how this person made you feel mm -hmm. and when that person is no longer in your life that can still carry through on mm -hmm. how you see yourself and view yourself mm -hmm. so I think it's important to get to know yourself again mm -hmm. and also just reclaim who you are and who yeah. you aspire to be yeah and just continue to work on your self-love because anytime you're in a bad relationship or a toxic relationship, and, and this is a hard pill to swallow and I had to swallow this pill, if you're in this relationship for an extended period of time, that would denote that there is an issue with self-love mm -hmm. because when you love yourself, you're not going to allow yourself to stay in situations that don't honor you and don't right. honor your spirit. So, um, always take it back to the drawing board. I had to sit down with myself like, girl, you you think you love yourself, but clearly you didn't because you wouldn't have stayed in this this long. Mm -hmm. And how do you honor yourself? Just go back to you, go back to the essence. What makes you feel what good. What makes you feel good. Because you can also neglect, you can also neglect yourself. Yeah. And, and step away from the things that made you feel full yeah. at one point. Love yourself up, fill yourself up. And I'll, re I'll say this again and again, don't look for someone else to fill you. Right. Because it's never going to, it's never it's going never gonna to be, be enough. It's never going to be enough. <laughs> and once that person is no longer able to do that, you're going to think this isn't working. Let me move on to the next person. And hence and, the cycle of broken and it'll relationships. Continue. It will continue. 
you have to love yourself. Yes. And when you love yourself, then you learn to love unconditionally because you will love someone despite how they make you feel, despite what they do for you. You'll love them just for them being them. Right. Well, this also coincides with um, someone asked us, what are some self-love rituals we recommend? Ones that we, that can easily be done during the week, not that time consuming. Girl, our, what's our regular? A bath or a shower? Yes. Also, I just want to plug myself and say my Oshun oil will oh, get you right. I just need to let no, y'all know. Let me plug you for you. Listen, that Oshun oil has gotten me through this separation because, as I said, I have good days and bad days, but... It it's about love, the oil, but you know, it's love, what's the greatest love of all? Yourself. It's self. It's it's love and attraction. It's self love. It's um, it's manifestation. Yeah. It's richness. Yes. And it's just really all of those energies are charged into the oil. I work with Oshun. It's constant. Like it's it's official, but also it's dope because it's so multifaceted that. It will, it will stimulate whichever intention you set with it. So if you want to be feeling yourself, put it on your body, envision yourself being that bitch, and you will feel like that bitch. I took it. <laughs> I took it to Atlanta. My best friend um, graduated. She went back to school and graduated. So um, I went to her ceremony, which was in Atlanta. So I had a long weekend in Atlanta, and I hadn't been feeling that great. And I actually ran out of oil, and Amber made me a fresh bottle. And all I could tell you is that my nickname could have been Beyonce that weekend. Girl. Because <laughs> I was in my bag. I was feeling myself. And because I was feeling myself, everybody, when I tell you everybody, right? everybody was feeling me. Right. Because I was feeling myself. Yes. It's done wonders. It's funny because I... I don't, I use it daily, but I don't go anywhere. <laughs> so you don't know. So I don't know, but I will say throughout my, my pregnancy, I feel super confident and super powerful. So clearly it does work for me. So it's, it's cool when my mom and my friends like Lauren Ash from Black Girl and Ohm, shout out to Lauren. Like she uses that oil and not only does she use it, but like sis be buying it for her friends because she's like, it's that good. Like it really is though. It just sticks. Y'all better order some. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so that's one way to do it. Using Oshun oil. Um, written affirmations in the mirror. Yeah. Um, Loving and accepting yourself. Like, listen, you don't have to have a man. Appreciate yourself. Take a 10-minute shower and get out that shower and rub your body from head to toe in some oil. Spend mm -hmm. time with yourself. Pamper yourself. And mm -hmm. it doesn't... To pamper yourself doesn't mean you have to go get an $85 massage. Right. It just means take five minutes in the mirror and love who you see, love what you are, everything, flaws and all. That's a, listen, life is a gift. Yeah. So appreciate it. Appreciate you. Appreciate all that you are. We're all unique and beautiful. Yes. What I also love to do is meditate with my higher self. Mm. And what that looks like is building an altar or having a, an altar that's with the intention of self-love. So you can put your little rose quartz, whatever crystals that you want, your, light your candle and just 
speak to yourself speak to your higher self what does she look like what does she want to communicate with you ask her to guide you in what ways can you guys be fully emerged what can your present self and your highest what can your higher self teach you that can make your journey easier to become your higher self i think that's a really great way to start your day too in ifa they call it honoring your ori mm. and that means like taking some water or just honoring your head yeah your your crown chakra yeah and that's important especially i mean it's important for everyone but especially if you're an empath and you're sensitive because mm -hmm. you're absorbing everyone's energy that's why i love head wraps yes and using utilizing different plant medicine like herbs yes. i love to use hibiscus mm -hmm. because it's it makes me feel beautiful. Mm -hmm. I I like to put it on my altar. I like to drink hibiscus teas. Mm -hmm. Don't sleep on don't sleep on herbs and the power of herbs. No. Have fun with it. Hello, Native Americans. Yes. Are there any specific herbs that you like, or flowers that you like? Buy yourself some flowers. What makes what um what is aesthetically pleasing to you? What makes you feel good? I used to hate roses, but now I love them. And I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. It's something about the shape of them mm -hmm. and how the leaves dry. I just love them. I feel that way about peonies. I love them. I They're love so peonies. delicate. And the way that they blossom is mm -hmm. just absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And you know, my, you know my favorite herb is, um, I love bay leaves. Yes. I have like we've talked about a, that five pound bag on my altar right now. Um, okay. Any advice for getting out of your own way? I feel like we've also talked about that. Mm -hmm. Um, this episode too. Any specific advice you have for anybody that is standing in your own way? That's a hard one because I mean we could tell you. Yeah. But I would just say. If you, if you feel you're standing in your own way, which I do often, that's when I surrender and I ask spirit and my ancestors to mm -hmm. help me, to assist me. And they always do. Yeah. And you know this yeah. for a fact. So um, sometimes life is hard. Mm -hmm. And for me, there are days when I just feel like I don't have the strength. And I have my team. Right. My team keeps me right. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't sit at that altar every night. But I talk to them. I communicate every night. And I've developed a relationship with my team. And they always have my back. And that's why I think, you know, we constantly tell you guys it's important to develop a relationship with your spirit team. Yes. Your ancestors, your guides. Whoever, you know, if it's Jesus, Jesus, if it's Buddha, Buddha, whoever, mm -hmm. but you have to have that faith and confidence in something other than yourself, a higher spiritual being other than yourself, right. because sometimes you don't have it all together. Sometimes you don't have all the answers. What helps me sometimes is praying on, <laughs> not even just, not just praying, but like, meditating to let my mind be free mm -hmm. because I how I get in my own way is I overthink things oh, yeah. and when I overthink things I lose a lot of confidence in mm -hmm. my abilities I lose a lot of confidence in myself yeah and it's really 
easy to do that. I overthink everything. Yeah, I overthink everything and I second guess myself a lot and I don't, um, and I don't trust myself a lot. Right. So meditating really helps. And like I said, meditating with my higher self because she be giving me affirmations (laughs) on, um, on what I should be telling myself and giving me guidance on, on that. And I pull out my cards too. There you go. We always <laughs> pull yeah. out the cards. We girl. always pull out the cards. Um, sometimes we don't hear what the cards got to say or what no, spirit got to say. Sometimes I be mad at the cards. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I be squinting at the cards and then. <laughs> don't you love when you're like, nope, I'm not taking this. And, and it, it, flies it flies right, right back, back out. out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope, I don't want to. And I still don't want to hear it. Right. <laughs> I'm like, no, not today. <laughs> yeah, not feeling it. Give me a ten of cups, please. Okay. Suggestions for bettering a mother-daughter relationship if it's negative, especially if mother doesn't understand your spiritual practice. One thing that you told me is not everybody got to know your business. Yeah, I think we we talked yeah, about we that. Talk, yeah, we talked about our, that when we were on the panel. Oh, right. Yes. Um wow. This is where acceptance comes in because in an ideal world, we'd be able to heal all of the relationships that we're in. Mm-hmm. And we'd be able to communicate and take accountability and change and have better relationships. But that's not realistic because some, by, some people just are not on the same path as you. So they don't have the same perspective. And I hate to say this, but some relationships just might not be healed in this lifetime. Right. And I can say that because this is my experience. Mm-hmm. So how did I heal? I healed through us. Mm-hmm. And also, sorry, not to cut you off, but before you came to that, um, before you came to that acceptance in that space, mm-hmm. You've tried to heal. Yeah. So maybe also share in which ways you've tried because maybe it didn't work for you and grandma, but it could it might work for I think communicating. I think that there there's no other way. Having transparent conversation about shared experiences. Yes. You have to you have to be able to share your experience Mm -hmm. because everyone's perspective is different. Clearly. So you have to value everyone's feelings so I can say you hurt my feelings you can't tell me you didn't what you can tell me is that was not my intention right but you have to honor and value my feelings yeah but you can't tell me that that didn't happen exactly so I mean you can try communicating expressing and hope that people take accountability and hope that you can heal the situation, but it's not always successful. And when it's not successful, you can try a couple of times until, until your spirit tells you, accept this. Right. This is what it is. And that's where I had to, that's what I had to say. Like, this is just what it's going to be. Right. And I have to be honest, it's still difficult. It's a, it's a difficult pill to swallow. It's a difficult thing to accept, yeah. especially because I'm a healer. Mm-hmm. And I think I can heal everyone. And honestly, me thinking this has hurt me more than it's helped me because I spend 
way more time than I should trying to heal relationships and heal people that it's just not on their path. Right. It's on my path, but it's but not, it's on, not theirs. on theirs. Yeah. Someone said, talk about dreams and those passing away that visit you. I love this. <laughs> okay. I love this. We, could, we have dreams all the time. Oh my gosh, yes. And I, I want to go first because <laughs> I'm, no. Really, no, no, I'm, I'm really excited because, um, so before my father's transition, like we had conversations and he was, I love him so much because he wasn't like, he was just really accepting and open of like everything that I was into. Like the month before he passed away, I went to Texas and I spent two weeks with him. And that whole time I'm like on YouTube, I'm like, I gave him Reiki, I gave him Reiki healing with like my stones and I'm on YouTube and I'm like doing tarot readings and he's just like so amazed and so entertained. So we would have conversations like he knew that I was into the esoteric and the metaphysical and all that. So he would always say like, you know, like when that time comes, I'm going to be communicating with you. And I'm like, dude, I'm already on it. <laughs> and literally, I tell you, he hadn't he never stopped. <laughs> he like once he transitioned, I knew I knew the day that he transitioned. I woke up abruptly at 4 a.m. And I don't know what happened. And three hours later, or like four hours later, I got that call. Mm -hmm. And then that night, he came to me mm -hmm. and showed himself. And then now, like, I'm clear audience. So I, my, well, I'm a lot of the clairs, but clear mm -hmm. audience is really my strong suit. Mm -hmm. And he won't shut up. It could be, <laughs> it could be so simple. It can be as simple as like, um, my boyfriend like opening a beer and my and hearing my dad be like, yo, let me get a sip. Or like me having Cheez-Its and then my dad being like, Well damn, you ain't gonna share because Cheez-Its were his favorite thing. So I have to put them on his alt put them on the altar. And now it's not just clear audience, it's him coming through in my dreams. And I shared with you the cool thing about it is in the dream he had already passed and there was a knowledge that he wasn't there anymore but we would be say we're recording the podcast and my phone would ring it would be my dad but i knew that he had passed and we would be talking on the phone and that would just be our line of communication it wouldn't be long but i know that that's his way of being like hey i'm here the line of communication is still there i just think it's hilarious because it's through an iphone <laughs> <laughs> it's like such a millennial thing. Right. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out. He's just showed up in so many different ways. Um, last month, he revealed to me where he wanted me to put some of his ashes in my dream. And also, I don't hate to say in my dreams, too, because I be astral projecting. Mm -hmm. And I can never differentiate when I'm astral projecting or when I'm actually dreaming. Because mm -hmm. sometimes I just feel like I'm in another dimension. But that's a whole other story. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's like the most recent. That's really exciting because my dad comes to me all the time. Yeah. At least once a week. Yeah. For me, we talked about this. I used to have dreams when I was three and four. Mm -hmm. And it would be like my grandparents, siblings, when they passed away, they would they would come to me in my dreams and give me messages to tell them. Mm -hmm. And I would, but... I was so young that it started to scare me, so I closed up. Right. And 
I still haven't been able to get back to that level because I still have fear attached with that. Right. Because that's mediumship. And I don't mm-hmm. know, something about mediumship scares me. Right. I think I'm afraid once I open that gate, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want open. to, yeah, I'm already sensitive enough. I don't need to be hearing voices and I don't need to be in the grocery store like I have a message <laughs> for you. Yeah, like your Long yeah. Island medium. Yeah, so I'm a little <laughs> close, but now, um, yeah, so now I don't get the message dreams anymore, but mm-hmm. they, they still come to me, but they normally come, they always, I'm not going to say normally, they always come as reassurance mm-hmm. when I'm going through something. Every time I had a, I have a really long night and I'm crying and it's crazy because the dreams are always set in grandma's house. Yeah. And that's my home. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where my spirit was it's always my gra- at ease. Your, your grandmother, my great grandma. Right. And it will be, you know, sometimes grandma, sometimes grandpa, or my Which aunt. I told you I had one of those dreams yeah. this week where it was set in that house. Yeah, like my core family mm-hmm. that's no longer here. And if I'm going through something real bad, mm-hmm. I get the whole lineup. Yeah, I get my grandparents, all of their siblings, like the whole lineup is at the house. Mm-hmm. And I could never tell you what's going on. But when I wake up, I'm like, okay, they're just letting me know. Ain't nothing going down. We got you. Exactly. And it's it's so reassuring. Yes. One last one last dream that I just remembered that I told you. I told you like um last week I like when I was at my ancestral altar, I specifically lit a candle to like the matriarchs mm-hmm. in our family. And that night, like I said, I had that dream that took place at great grandma's house. Uh-huh. And who was there? My great grandma and my great aunt, which is your grandma and your my aunt. aunt. Uh-huh. And they, ne- I never, they never, never come, come to, to me uh-huh. in my dreams. So that was their way of being like, when that baby comes, gal. Right, gal. <laughs> gal, when that baby comes, we're here. We're right there with you. Yeah. So those are like some fun. Um, and I don't know. It could be scary for people, but I love being affirmed by spirit yeah. and spirits. Like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love that they know how far to take it with me. Yeah, because <laughs> you could be a little shook. Yes, because I shook it. <laughs> yeah, shook it. Hashtag shook it. Um, so like they don't they don't play around. They they come in a form that they know I'm able to receive and still sleep at night. Mm-hmm. But the veil is definitely thin because I told you like mm-hmm. I've been right now yeah, it is they've been waking me up with the noises dreams have been crazy. And, yeah crazy dreams and everything but for some reason I'm just like all right I got y'all mm-hmm. we good but um yeah. yeah just I mean I mean I feel like people ask this because they want to dream about their loved ones or they want that reassurance and the only thing I can tell you is that you have to be open and ask like them to come to you. Yeah, like you can, um, you can ask your ancestors or ask your guides how you want how to you want to com- be communicating yeah. with them. Um, I don't want. I'm not clairvoyant. <laughs> Actually, I can be, but I think I shut it out. I yeah. kind of like rule it out. But I don't want to see you. Like, I don't want to see you walking through my house. No. I hear you already, so I don't need to see you. Yeah. Um, but you could let them know, like, come to me in my dreams. Uh, you know, reveal right. yourself to me through this way. Reveal yourself to me through music or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they'll respect it. I've actually had experiences where 
remember the time. I don't, I don't know what was going on. I was mourning or I was grieving, but um, I remember laying on the bed and it was between dream state and real state. And I felt someone's, you know how you feel someone like sit down on the bed mm -hmm. and they were rubbing my back and I didn't open my eyes because I assumed it was Ven. Mm -hmm. And I got up and I was like, Ven, and he wasn't home. Mm. So I've had those, those type yeah. of experiences too. Mm -hmm. This was fun. Yeah. We were all out of questions. Are we? Yes. Is that meaty enough, you think? I definitely <laughs> I definitely think so. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. This was super fun just getting back behind the mic and chatting. I know. <laughs> and we only cried for a hot second, right? No. I'm like we cried the whole beginning. We did? <laughs> yeah, I think okay. so. I'm sorry. I can't remember, but This is authenticity though. Listen, it is what it is. Exactly. Y'all already know by now y'all already know who we are. Exactly. And our sensitivity and Y'all want raw shit. This is it. <laughs> this is it. So I don't know when we'll be back. Hopefully we're going to wait until my little monster comes. Listen, y'all, Amber don't understand. This is my baby. She's having a problem with this, but she's going to she's learn. Claiming, she's claiming my <laughs> child. Um, once she gets in her routine, then we're definitely going to come back to a regular schedule and we just want you to know that this is our love this is our passion yes and it feels amazing that's not even a good adjective to how no, it feels there's no words to get emails and dms and i cry all how the time how you guys share your how yeah. you share how our conversations have shaped you yeah because it's like i'm not oprah like we just regular schmegular mm -hmm. and to know that this is a perp this is our purpose and we're really healing uh, helping people heal and assisting in these spiritual journeys is like beyond anything that we can imagine and right. we're so grateful and humbled and we just love, love you, guys. you guys so so much so on that note yeah so on that note we're out until then we love you guys love take you. care be well we hope that you've enjoyed this episode and that you were able to connect with us through some of the things that we've shared. The olive branch has definitely been extended and we'd love to continue the dialogue. So please engage with us and share your feedback, suggestions, likes, tell your sister, give us some positive energy. You can use the hashtag BGA podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Brown Girl Alchemy, at Amber the Alchemist and at Nelly Mommy Alchemist. Until next time, brown girls, we see you.